Hello, friends, and thank you so much for joining today's episode of the Tao of Miracles podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I will be taking us on a journey today through the guiding and steering miracles. Now, I have referred to these as those pesky miracles many times, but really, they are our best friends. So let's dive in and talk about why they're miracles, um, why I categorize them as miracles, what their signature is, and what they're there to do, and how they can transform our lives more than anything else as far as our realm of miracles and consciousness, because they are absolutely guiding and steering us, whether we want it or not. Let's get into some of the parameters of that. They show up when we're in action. So that's one of their biggest tenets. Or they help drive us to action, which is a little bit tougher because a lot of times we are stuck and we don't want to move. And that's when these guys show up. So let's dive in. I think the first time a guiding and steering miracle showed up in my life, and I'm sure it wasn't the first time, but the first time it was glaringly obvious that something was going on was back in my late, mid to late 20s, I quit the music business. I'd had enough. I was exhausted. I worked 24-7, 365. Really, you were out at shows all night and weekend and up early in the morning back in the office. And it was an exhausting life. And I was just begging for some time to be still and do yoga and be out in nature and all of those things that I already knew fed my soul. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a very, very fun and full time of my life and I wouldn't have traded it for anything but I needed a rest so I quit they were going to move me I was in the southwest region so I had a huge territory eight states from I think Louisiana over to Utah Louisiana New Orleans or, or hello state Louisiana over to Utah and Texas itself had three big regions, Austin, Dallas, and Houston. And I was living in Dallas and Austin because I didn't love Dallas quite as much as perhaps um, would have been good that I wasn't also trying to spend whatever time I had off at a place I'd rented in Austin. So they were going to move me back up to the Northeast. And I wasn't particularly happy with the people who were leading the company I wasn't going to be back at home office in New York where I started. I was going to be outside of Philadelphia in, I think, Marlton, New Jersey, or something like that, somewhere around there, covering Philadelphia, New York, and Boston. And I was so exhausted. There was no way I was going to do cover those three major, major cities, as well as be at home office part-time in New York and live somewhere other than that. So when it was time for me to move back to home office or back to the Northeast, which they promised me, they promised me that my time in Texas would be for a few years and they'd bring me back and work me up the ranks. Fantastic. They more or less held their part. They didn't bring me back to New York office, but they were bringing me to the Northeast and I just did enough. So, okay. That, that's just the setup. So I had fallen madly in love with Vancouver it was a city that we had visited for one of our music business events, like one of our managers' meetings was there. And I could not think of a better place for me to go 
then to head up to Vancouver when it was time to leave. And I knew how hard it was to get a job in Vancouver. And so I moved to North Seattle and tried to set out to working in Canada. In the meantime, I took art classes. I hiked in the big old growth forest. I was having this amazing time exploring this part of the country that I only visited for short stretches. So aside from all of the beauty, I kept trying to put down roots. I kept trying to get jobs. I kept trying to meet people. You know, the normal stuff you do when you start over. And having started over moving to Texas, it was all very easy and not a challenge whatsoever. Everything was flowing with me when that happened. I had friends. I had met amazing new friends immediately. I put down roots. I settled in. And I was all very, um, just taking care of for me. It was very little effort. So I'm in the north of Seattle and things are very different. I'm having an amazing, peaceful time. My body was recovering. My mental state was recovering. I was able to breathe. I was able to get healthy and do yoga and all of that stuff. And yeah, but that was it. That was it. I was able to take my art classes. I was able to grow as an artist, but that was it. I could not put down roots for anything. So here's what happened. And here's where the miracles start to come in. Every single time I would manifest a friend, a favorite place, a job, it would just disappear overnight, just about, within a couple couple days. Every time they'd be like, yeah, okay, you're perfect for this job. You're, you're, we're going to hire you. You're hired. You're hired. You'll start this day. Oh, that job just fell away. We're not going to um, have that job anymore. How many times did that happen? A, a number. <laughs> a number of different times in different places and like how is this possible i'm i'm such a great hard worker and very qualified for these jobs <clears throat> but they would disappear before the job would even start it was the craziest thing same with friends every time i meet a new awesome person they just disappear what is going on this has never been my experience i've always had like amazing communities of people wherever i went and whatever i did and I thought, this is very bizarre. How are people just, everything I'm manifesting, and I'm a strong manifester, so that wasn't hard. It would just disappear, though. And then, this was kind of the icing on the cake to make me really see something was off. There were three different guys named Jeff who were, I mean, I hate to use the word stalking because that's a serious word, but who were semi um, following me around. Three different guys named Jeff. One was at the apartment complex that I was renting. The other was at my favorite cafe in Fremont. And then the other one was at this lake, Greenwood Lake, Green something, that I would go exercise around. And every time I showed up, these guys would just pop out of nowhere and just follow me. And it was very bizarre. And I just thought, what? <laughs> what is going on? So I saw that behavior. Of course, I didn't think it was the force of miracles. I just thought it was some weird, weird things happening. And I just thought, okay, Seattle has a very weird vibe. And I was having a hard time, the same thing in Vancouver, just because they weren't ready to hire Americans. Um, the economy wasn't great. They had to give jobs to Canadians first. And that's fair. I understood that. Um, so I head back. So I'm running out of money at that point because I'm spending all the money I had saved instead of 
investing it into the future, which is what I thought I was doing. And it's time for me to head back to Austin just to regroup. I have friends there. I have a place to stay. I had apartments and houses and all sorts of things. And I thought it was going to be temporary. I just thought it was going to be a regroup so I could figure out another way to get back to Vancouver that just maybe directly from Austin. And when I got back there, life just took its own course and I went deep into my spiritual practice and met a new bunch of people and I just got involved in that world and that turned into eventually a new boyfriend and I just wasn't supposed to be there. I was supposed to be back in Austin to deepen in my spiritual path, which was not going to happen apparently if I had stayed in Canada in the same way or in Seattle trying to get to Canada in the same way. And there was so much that happened spiritually that year, um, those years. It was well more than a year. It was maybe eight or ten years that I completely understand why I needed to be back in Austin, and that was the right next step for me. So I thought, okay, well, the universe maybe knew better than me. I love it here. I wanted to be here, but I couldn't have what my mind wanted because it wasn't the right growth from my higher self. And that is key with our guiding and steering miracles. They are there to help not only give us better lives, but take us deeper into our soul journey and into our life's path and our spiritual growth. Cut to 20 years later, 20 years later. And this is up till I think 2017, 2016, 2017. I think it started to happen in 2017. And I'm living in the Santa Fe area in New Mexico and I'm loving it. I just spent the year before in Sedona which I thought I would return to eventually. I just needed to be in Santa Fe because my dad was going through some health challenges at that point, and I wanted to be closer to him. And I just spent two months in India where I packed all of my things up after leaving Sedona, and I went back there, and I just had this feeling that I had to be in Santa Fe. So I headed to Santa Fe and got settled in and met amazing people, met a community immediately. And that's always what happens when you're going in the right place, right? You always, the things, the universe aligns and things elevate and you get exactly what you need taken care of in your life. So the places to live shows up, the friends show up, work shows up. It's all great. And the year's going by. And my dad's struggling with his health. And I'm there with him but there's nothing we can do because after seven or eight or nine months of trying to figure out what's going on with him he still hasn't been diagnosed and he had a stroke the year before the two years before I don't remember the exact time at this point and it was just very helpful for me to be there especially when his wife was traveling and to come just help out and be on stroke watch and all of that stuff just be there with him and I was happy to do that very very happy to do that it felt the right thing to do. It felt like I was in service. And so what happens after a few months of this, as the year goes on, I think it was July and August of 2017, all of a sudden the same thing that happened in Seattle starts happening. The job that I'm working at 
is freaking my father out because it's not a traditional job like I've always had. It's more new agey and I'm doing my own thing. I have my own um, design business. I'm selling these beautiful uh, garments that I'm hand making. And while any new business needs to build, but all of a sudden that starts falling apart. Everything, all the early success that I had with it starts kind of going away. The part-time jobs that I have start disappearing. I get hired to two or three more jobs and they just fall apart before I can even get hired. Yes, you're hired. Yes, you'll start on this day. And then poof, the job is gone. And it's certainly not, I know everyone's going to say, oh, it's because there was something on your record. No, no, no. I'm never a convicted felon or any of those things and not on drugs. I've never been on drugs, barely ever have even a glass of wine. And so it's none of those things that people think, oh, well, they did a background check or they did whatever. No, it was nothing like that. <laughs> I am pure and clean in that respect and have always been a good employee and hard worker. And my resumes and um, my you know, past experiences show that. But the same thing happened and I had to take notice because here it is 20 years later and the same exact thing that happened to me in Seattle is happening. All of a sudden, my housing that I thought was fantastic, I was renting a gorgeous place out in Galisteo. Uh, monsoon season comes and I can't even get to the house because the roads are flooded. The people who rented it to us thought, oh yeah, let's rent it to some artists because they don't have to worry about life. <laughs> they, don't, they could be stranded at the house for days on end. Um, but they didn't tell us that. So the house is not livable. The jobs disappear. And my father, who's already sick and believes he doesn't have much time on this earth, wants his daughter to be safe and secure before he can even think about what's next for him. And so he is on my case too. And so here it is, those pesky guiding and steering miracles pushing me away from the place that seems right in every aspect of what I want, what my mind wants. I want to be close to my father because he's not doing well. I want to be in this beautiful artistic community of Santa Fe, New Mexico, where my heart sings I want to be pursuing energy work and healing. And I was, I was working at um, a beautiful little refuge at, in Santa Fe as well. Uh, my designs were selling at the flea markets and the big markets, um, that they had the textile markets and things like that that they had there. And I was growing a brand. Yet everything just started to go sideways. And my father's was the icing on the cake. And... When I had gone to India, my mother had put herself in the hospital twice. Um, and so my father's pressuring me to leave. The miracles are certainly, I mean, I say the force of miracles are certainly pushing me in another direction. And all of this seems very obvious that I am not supposed to be here anymore. Because why? Because the guiding and steering miracles that had sent me on my way away from Seattle into somewhere else where I needed to be for my personal growth showed up in droves. They were just making things fall apart. Now, of course, that doesn't seem like miracles. I call them miracles because it's the same force of consciousness that brings all the abundance, all the manifestations, all the healing and life-saving energies. It's that same energy that is bringing these other things into our life to move us, to move us into a place that is more aligned to where we are supposed to be and what we are supposed to be doing. 
Those weren't the only two times I've seen that happen. My goodness, there were so many more. And there was a lot of things that happen when you don't follow your guiding and steering miracles. Um, when you are ready to move and or you, the world is ready to move you and you are not ready to move, you are stuck, situations get harder and harder and harder until you're forced to take action. And we'll get into that in just a minute about how my body, I was working in a toxic building and how my body completely got more and more and more ill until I was forced to make a plan, even though I wanted all the pieces to be in place. I didn't want to jump when it didn't feel safe. I wanted everything to be ready so I could be safe and secure in my next step. And our guiding and steering miracles will push us going, no, now is the right time to jump. You have to let go. You have to find surrender. And you have to understand that you are just in fear right now. You are supposed to be somewhere else doing something else. And that's why they're miracles. Because not when you're going through it, they don't feel like miracles. But what's a miracle is the outcome. What is on the other side of those actions of being pushed into your discomfort zone, into an uncomfortable place and an uncomfortable situation where you are being challenged to grow. That's another reason why they're miracles. They are there forcing you to grow. So let's break all that down a little more. We know that the experiences that happen to us where we are being pushed beyond our comfort zones are miracles why? Because of their outcomes. And usually you only ever see this in hindsight. The big miracle, quote unquote, miracle that pushed me away from New Mexico as my father was ill and getting ready to pass, although we did not know that at the time, was there to deliver four different outcomes And none of it I could have seen happening at the time. First and foremost, the first outcome was so I would be in a place that was safe, secure, working, living through the COVID pandemic, where if I had stayed in Santa Fe, it was entirely shut down. The businesses I was working at, the business that I was starting were tourist destinations. They were for run by the money came into the town was fueled by tourists. There were no tourists coming in anymore. I would have been not able to work, running out of money, not able to afford a place to live. Basically, I needed to be set up securely so that I would be able to not just work, survive and thrive, but help others. My father was going to pass um, that was the hardest part of this whole thing, leaving him when it was clear I was being pushed away and he just wanted me secure somewhere. And he was right. Um, because he would finally just right after I started to move, right after I moved, it was just unpacking. We got word that he was finally, after nine months of suffering, diagnosed with cancer. And it had been pretty aggressive at that point, but it was curable. So we thought, okay, great. And unfortunately, his body was such that he couldn't handle the chemotherapy. So half a dose of chemotherapy. And um, that's ultimately what, how he passed. So I wasn't going to be needed in Santa Fe anyway. 
his timeline was detaching from my timeline and I needed to be somewhere else. And I was put in a place where my 80, I think she was 80 plus year old mother and her husband who had already lung disease, um, would be taken care of. They would need to be taken care of. I shopped for them. I delivered them groceries. I helped support the grocery process financially. I did a lot of work because they needed the help. My father no longer needed it. So I was being set up to be secure for myself. I was being set up to put in, uh, being put in a place of service and seva to them. The third thing was all about a whole journey and story with wealth consciousness. And I think we'll just save that one for another episode. And the fourth one was to meet my perfect partner because he was in a place where he was ready to meet his next person, romance, partner, girlfriend. Um, And that's a whole other story because there was a complete huge manifestation miracle that happened within that as well. But my guiding steering miracles that was pushing me away from Santa Fe, from the place I wanted to be. So first I was pushed away from Seattle slash Vancouver to go back to Austin so I could deepen in my spiritual practice. The second time was to put me in a place where I was needed, where I would be safe, where I would be out of harm's way during this forthcoming pandemic that I none of us knew anything about. But the force of miracles did. The force of miracles, once again, just like my healing miracles that saved my life, my, sorry, my life-saving miracles and my healing miracles that all saved my life. They saw into advance. It saw into advance and changed the outcome. And that's why the guiding steering miracles, they're so hard to see when you're going through it. But in hindsight, you are always in a better place. You are always, there's always an outcome that, and it might look like a bunch of coincidences and it might look like a bunch of disasters. Because within that, I had both. I had both going on. And of course, we're in resistance. That's why guiding and staring miracles are not your traditional miracles. Because they are pushing us in a direction that we're not ready for, that we don't want. Not always. Um, Definitely not always. But that's when we see them the most. Other than that, they look like beautiful synchronicities. And, oh, wow, that was so easy. And how great that was that I moved somewhere and I got all these friends and I got the perfect place to live. Those are our guiding and steering miracles too. They help all the pieces of the puzzle fall into place so we can move forward in our development, move forward in our third or multidimensional experience, our lives, our um, healing in, in all the different ways we can heal, which is physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, And these miracles are with us at all times. They might be in the background. They might be in the background, just poised. Every miracle doesn't show up all the time. They just show up at key junctures in our lives when we need these things to help us or get us unstuck or take us down somewhere we would never would have imagined going on our own or we wouldn't have wanted to go on our own. So I started to talk about a little while ago about a toxic building I was in. Um, I worked in an office for, gosh, most of eight years. 
And from day one, I had issues. I'm very, very sensitive, and I could tell that this building needed some more fresh air. <laughs> None of the windows opened. I didn't know it was a very um, old building. And I'd already, I also didn't know I previously had black mold exposure at a previous building I had worked in. So my body was very, very sensitive and already struggling. So I was working in this building and it was uber, uber sensitive to what was going on. And every year I'd see people walking around with pesticides spraying the office while we're all eating lunch at our desks and things like that. And then the building became very active and they were doing building reconstruction for all the new offices that would come in. And that would just kick up all the whatever was in there before and add layers of um, toxic adhesives and stripping chemicals and all sorts of things that was just, I was too sensitive for it. So that was the, the physical aspects of it. But what was going on in the background was that since I was nine, I've been told, you're not serving your sole purpose, get to work. And so that message was coming very strong during these years. And this is before I had left this job and moved into the desert um, to be close to my father as he was going through some medical challenges and because I'd always wanted to live there. So I had this plan, this grand master plan that someday I would quit my job and feed my sole purpose. We all have that, right? So many of us have that job, that plan and those um, desires. And so I had ideas about what that would look like. I thought, well, I have to start this business or save this much money or just get this, these things going. So, of course, I was working towards that plan. And I kept saying, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. And so I'm in this building working for this corporate job. And I'm getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And the universe is pushing me, right? It's pushing me to jump. Jump, little girl, jump. And I'm hanging on for dear life. No, I don't have enough money yet. No, my business isn't where it needs to be. No, there's this other thing going on. Just soon, soon, soon. I'll do it soon. I promise I'll do it soon. And here it is. My body is getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And finally, I make a plan. I make a plan. And it's February. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave in April. April is my date. I'm going to have X amount of dollars. I'm going to put this stuff in storage. I'm going to sell these other things. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to move to Sedona and be the healer and be the artist and be all of those things that I barely have any time for in my spare time. Yet these are the gifts that I've been blessed with to share with the world. And I'm just trying to fit them in. So I make this plan and... What happens is not long after the plan is finally in place and I'm going, I'm not sure if I'm going to have enough money to do this, but I'm still kind of trusting. Okay, universe, I need to do this. I need to do this. I can't be living like this anymore. I'm not feeding my soul. I'm not in my heart. And my body is just getting sick and sick. And I would just slam like a big handful of aspirins and get up and do it again. Because of course you're having toxic reactions. Over and over again, okay, and not even taking care of the health of my body just because my mind had a vision about how my life was supposed to be. So as soon as I make this plan, 
it was within a week, two weeks, I don't know. I have an episode in the office where I felt like I was going to pass out and people had to help me get out of the office with my things and into my car. And I couldn't drive my car for four hours. I just sat in the parking garage and I was struggling. I was very dizzy and very out of it. Like you're just not sure like you can even function because whatever it is you breathed on is have breathed in is having such a toxic reaction in your body. And then the next thing I know, and I know this is totally illegal. Um, I was on a list to get laid off. This is after eight years of running a very successful department financially and people wise and all of that stuff. So after eight years doing amazing for this company, I am the next person to be on a layoff list. And I was happy. <laughs> Unheard of, right? I was happy because I'd already had a plan to live, leave in April and now I have severance. I have unemployment so I can get started in a new way, um, look for new jobs, et cetera, et cetera. And I had some money from a 401k that I thought I would be investing in a property, which unfortunately things took another turn. And as you heard, I just got bumped two years later to the East Coast. Um, but that was another guiding and steering miracle, right? I was being forced. I was being prodded and hoped to change, to do the change that was for my highest self, for my soul journey, from where I'm supposed to be in my path in life. And I wasn't ready. And the universe pushed me by whatever situation that happened that day with my body. I was fine after that. It was no different than any other day. But for that particular day, it was enough to change what was to come. And then I provide the money that I didn't have that I was going to need. So those are our guiding steering miracles. They are intense. We don't like them because <laughs> they make us grow. Growing is painful. Growing makes us push our boundaries of comfort. And let's talk about the Tao, right? Because all of this ties into the Tao. Our guiding and steering miracles come from the source of the Tao. They are aligned and entangled with the source of the Tao. They are trying to entangle us with exactly how and where we should be as that Tao flows with us and through us. And what do we do? We don't surrender and go with the flow. We put up resistance. No, I'm going to stay here and eat a handful of aspirins every day just because I don't have the money I think I need to move right now. It doesn't matter what my health is doing. It's just I'm not feeling secure that I can pull this off, right? I didn't know that on the other side of that fear, there was going to be Sedona that welcomed its arms to a wonderful, inexpensive place to live, amazing immediate friends, groups of beautiful service and spiritual people that I got involved with, um, ability to help people um, with their businesses, uh, starting the design business for myself. I mean, so many things. And I'm just in fear going, no, I, I can't see. We, we can't see. We don't see it. We don't know what's on the other side. That is a truly a miracle for that miracle change in our lives. And what happens if we keep hanging on? We never experience it. If we get stuck in our boxes, 
These are our boxes of boundaries. Our, I call them our boundary horizons. I've probably said that before. We get stuck in our little boxes. We, we don't ever leave what's outside of them. Look at what out, this outside of my guiding and steering miracles. I mean, some incredible, fantastic things. That's the miracle nature. Also, because it comes from the same force of consciousness that is impossible for us to define. The same thing that saves our lives it's that insane force, same force of consciousness that brings us into the flow, brings us into harmony, brings us into where we are supposed to be, even if we put up resistance. So what's the best way to work with our guiding and steering miracles? They have taught me repeatedly over and again, just surrender, just Go beyond the things that you think. Go beyond what your mind is telling you right now, even if it is screaming, saying, I'm not safe, I'm not safe, I'm not safe. That, that's your perception. It's likely not the reality. In the arms of this divine conscious nature or God or whatever you call it, whatever that word is for our spirit, the energies of consciousness. How are you not safe in that? You are made of its substrate. You are made of the same consciousness ether. <laughs> There's no words. Um, it's everything else. How are you not safe in that? Are you not safe with yourself? Are you not safe with the beauty of this divine that always seems to have our best interests at heart? The, the second time when I saw the jobs falling away from me when I was in Santa Fe and I knew what was going on, I just was angry because I knew I had to surrender. I knew it was time to surrender and go with the flow because the same thing happened and I knew its outcome. I knew that it was going to be a positive outcome on the other side. So I tried to surrender even though my mind was pissed. Are you kidding me? I quit my job. I'm living in this dream place, the two cities I always wanted to live in. I'm here with my father who needs some care and some love and some care, just someone to be there um, when his wife isn't. And I'm finally serving my life purpose. I'm doing healing energy work. I'm doing my creative design work. How are you going to pull me from this? What? You cannot be pulling me from this. This cannot be happening. I was angry. I was like, it is not time yet. I know I promised to go to the East Coast to take care of my mom when she needed it. But that is not today. That is sometime in the future. Because my mind had ideas about how it should be. But that's our work. That's where our work comes, to stay in the flow to be in the Tao, and it comes the most intensely with our guiding and steering miracles. Yes, our miracles will show up in other ways. Other kinds of miracles will show up, and if we're not opened to them, we can miss amazing opportunities. But our guiding and steering miracles will harass us and hound at us and make things a little more incrementally difficult because there is someone else, somewhere else we have to be for our safety, for our purpose, for our soul, soul 
experience. So when I'm being pushed away from Santa Fe to a place I don't ever want to go to, um, yeah, I, there was part of my mind that was surrendered and doing it, even though my mind didn't agree with it. And that's the other thing. Our mind is malleable. It's flexible. We should be able to control it instead of the other way around. And while it was screaming no, that didn't stop. I, I calmed it with meditation. I kept trying to calm it with going back to center. I kept trying to realize and remember that I'm in the flow. I know better. Um, uh, this is following the spiritual path that going with where I'm being steered so clearly and so obviously instead of with what my mind wants. That's the battle of everyday life, right? That is how we stay in the Tao. That is how we stay on our spiritual paths. That is how we move through the world with the least amount of resistance in surrender. So even if your mind says no, you still can surrender. It's possible, and I say this just from experience. You can be unhappy. That's just your mind. On the other side of that is the things you need to do. On the other side of that is a still place where that unhappiness is your choice. It is your opinion. It is your desire to remain in that. When we can let go of those things that say no, when we can let go of those places where we want to control all of the details, when we can let go of those places of fear, fear, oh, that's the toughest one. Fear traps our mind and it feels very, very real. And that has to do with this whole amygdala, amygdala response in our brains. And that's a whole other thing that I don't think we're going to get into today. But um, the fear response, the more you move in fear, thanks to the way the brain functions, the more of a strong imprint it becomes in your amygdala system, limbic system. It's the limbic system of the brain. So please go look that up. Um, but fear is real in it does paralyze us because it comes stronger and stronger and gets embedded and entrenched more. So we have to find a way to move beyond that, right? I was in fear. No, it's not time to leave my job. No, I don't have enough money. No, I'm going to not survive. I'm not going to survive. Oh my God, I'm not going to survive. If I do this now, I have to wait. I have to wait till it's perfect time. I couldn't have been so wrong. And I think once we have that experience of, okay, maybe, maybe I wasn't right. Maybe my mind doesn't get trusted. Maybe I don't need to trust my mind a hundred percent. Maybe I can see that my mind has come to me through my habits and my beliefs rather than, and self-preservation um, rather than a need that I have at this particular moment in time, we can let go of those repeating habits of the mind. We can let go of those fears if they're unfounded. We can get, get rid of that, um, you know, when you're standing on the precipice of 
nothingness and you don't know whether you're going to be caught or you're going to fall deep into a crevice of the unknown or you're going to be like the cloud's going to combine it's going to poof, lift you up into the best life ever it's really that not knowing that gets us I wouldn't say everyone but so many people not knowing is worse than knowing a bad outcome right I don't know what's going to happen. It's probably going to be way worse. What our minds imagine is never, ever as bad as what the reality of a situation is. It seems somehow we get through. But in our minds, it seems like we will never get through. That's why people worry. Oh, my gosh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Not necessarily. What we think might happen is a lot worse than what usually happens. Because when something happens, even if it's negative, we have the strength to get through it. We have means and mechanisms to deal with even the most horrible, horrendous things that happen in our lives. So the energy and the time that we put into anticipating that or being in the negative instead of just the absolute nothingness of it all, we waste time and energy and we get stuck there. So surrender is the critical path for working with our guiding and steering miracles if you're not sure if you're in the guiding steering miracle or something really awful is going on in your life um yeah bad things happen they do but i hate to say they're all lessons because they're not but we usually find some lessons out of them i think when we're repeating things over and over in our lives i think the guiding and steering miracles are usually trying to budge us if we look around at circumstances, we can say, there's something that's a little repetitive in there. What aren't I seeing? I mean, it seems like with our guiding and steering miracles, oh, these are the big life lessons. These are the things that are hard that we need to learn. I don't know if it's so much as we need to learn something as much as let go. If we just let go of our places of resistance, there's no lessons. There's no lessons. The lessons... Um, are free because we've let go of that karmic situation. We've let go of the thing that is keeping us bound. And we're going to be placed into the next best thing for us. So that's how we work with our guiding and steering miracles. Um, the only other thing, I think we're getting long here, so I just want to add one more thing. How hard is it to budge something when it's stuck? It's really hard. If you're trying, if you're trying to move, you have a kid, right? You have a child and a 14-year-old child and they're having, a I don't know, just does not want to do something and it's time to go. And they're just planted themselves. Like we'll use a physical example. They planted themselves in the middle of the living room and in front of the TV and will not leave. How hard is it? to move that person or move that energy or move anything that's just stuck. It's really, really difficult, physically, emotionally, mentally, or otherwise. But if you're flowing, if that child, that 14-year-old, was already you know, headed out the door or flowing through um, a an action and you know you need to alter that action 
because that action is going to hurt that child. You need to alter that action. It's a lot easier to alter an action when that child is in movement rather than when it's just stuck. And physically, think about it. You need someone to go do something. Oh, you need to go over there instead of over here. Okay, that person's already in movement. You're just veering the course a little bit. You're just steering that course just a little bit to the left instead of the right. Um, if that's not moving at all, first you have to get it moving. Then you have to steer the course. <laughs> it's so much more time and energy. So our when we're not being fluid like water, like the water course way of the Tao, when we're just this big lump or rock stuck in the middle of it, everything's going around us. Nothing's flowing through us. When we're flowing with it, we flow with the direction we should be going in. So our job is to remain fluid. Surrender is also about being fluid. It's not about just, okay, I'll give this thing up. That is not surrender. Surrender is being fluid and responsive to not, not reactive, but responsive to how and when and where we are being steered. If you are in motion, ready to go, you're going to be steered very easily. It's going to be super easy to steer you in the direction you should be headed for your best experience. But when you're stuck, what does it take to start changing something when you're stuck? We get exhausted even thinking about it. So that's the other part of our guiding and steering miracles. Be in surrender, but be fluid. Be ready for anything. Be open for anything. And just know that what's coming when you're in the Tao, not in your minds, it's always for the best course of your life. So if you think you're in a place that you're stuck, what's the easiest thing to do? Take a baby step. Take a baby step to anything. Anything, doesn't matter what it is. Just choose something. Just choose something and the universe will steer accordingly. You just have to find that movement. The only way you're going to be able to get through to the next step when we're in those places that feel so treacherous is to find that momentum, to find the movement and let the universe pull you into the momentum of that moment. Let the universe steer you and guide you to the next greatest thing for your own evolution. All right, those are our guiding steering there. Introduce the five kinds of miracles and get to know them a little better. Once you see these things working in your lives, um, they become easier to recognize and we can be responsive accordingly. We have so much more to cover. Um, soon we're going to get into the little abundance miracles and we're going to talk. We're definitely going to have a couple of podcast sessions about our manifestation miracles. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Sarah signing out for the Tao of Miracles. Thank you for listening. Please like and share.